0: If dogs can vote, then they should certainly be allowed to have dialogue.
1: Waiting for a break in the rain. Waiting for the moment to change your lane.
0: How's it going, everyone? I'm good. It's
2: going so great. I'm so excited to be here today. if we caught
0: you at a bad time, we can can pause for a bit. This
1: is literally my last bite of food. Just one sec. I'm almost Uh, done. Okay, Uh, right.
2: Are you ever not eating while we're recording this?
1: I, many times I'm not eating while we record.
2: It is a shame that Brad can't be joining us this week, but I think he's just hung up with something, so it's just a crew of three. Um, But yeah, let's get on with the discussion.
0: Hello, uh, I'm Parker. I use she, her, and I come from a planet where they don't have naps.
1: Can't relate. Um, hi, I'm Cassandra <sighs> Kelly. I use she, her pronouns, and that was literally my last bite of granola bar, so I am fine to continue, actually. Woo! Thanks. Also,
2: you use Kelly. your last name now. That's cool and fun.
1: Well, because Parker kept using her last name, so I was like, okay, I want to get in on the last And you always use your last name, so I wanted to get in on it. And be like, hi, I have a last name too. I'm not like a mysterious first name only pop star. I'm just a regular kid like you.
0: Except for Brad, who is just Brad.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Brad is like Madonna and Sherry. He just, Mm -hmm. just, it's just Brad. One of many qualities they share.
2: My name is Arisal Wren and I have a sunburn all the way down my whole body.
1: (laughs) I'm so sorry for your loss. As I have said previously, when we have had a Cassie journal... I always find Cassie's narration kind of depressing, so I was yet again depressed while reading this. And
2: especially she got into some serious philosophical things that maybe don't need to be gotten into. Like I feel <laughs> like she kind of takes some extra steps that don't need to be taken, but that kind of seems like Cassie's MO.
0: I found the I found the ethical stuff here and her like ethical quandaries a lot more compelling than in the last Cassie journal.
1: Yeah, I do agree there.
0: They were a lot less sort of, like, obviously there is a correct answer here, and a lot more like, oh, you know what, you are you are making some good points about, like, the role of humanity in the sort of natural world, and, like, when it's okay to kill something and eat it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, yeah, I was I was compelled by that. So, I, yeah, I have...
1: I was compelled, I was just also depressed.
0: No, Personally, because I also,
1: like, I've said before... Compressed. Yes, uh, because I, I do relate a lot to like Marco's outlook on a lot of stuff. So the specific this is getting ahead with the specific part where Marco's like, it doesn't matter why we do the good thing. We are doing the good thing anyway. Why does it matter? And Cassie's like, but it matters. And everyone's like, shut up, Cassie. I really related to Marco in that moment.
0: I, I think that Cassie brings up some good stuff. I would I would like to point out that Cassie is, I as far as I'm aware, the first person to acknowledge in like in the journal explicitly even though they're not really supposed to morph recreationally all of them do it except maybe jake
1: and jake does do it he he has not done it on screen as one could say yet but again i'm a nerd i've been reading ahead literally i think the next journal jake does some (laughs) unauthorized morphing of his own for honestly relatable reasons i can
2: tell you one anamorph that doesn't do any recreational morphing
1: tobias
0: Tobias, it's tobias this is sad it's tobias good job you made it sad you made it sad now it's ruined. cassie mentioned she's getting a d in science which like i don't know It, it, it is she like me and other add children where like she's got like one or two subjects that she just really digs and then just doesn't care about the rest of this. But also, like, yeah, she's trying to save the world. Um, B, what what is the project that she's working on where her grade is contingent on how good a rat
1: does its thing? I think it might be extra credit
0: yeah, but it's still like the premise, what is the premise
1: of her science teacher would probably love her because she seems like someone who would be into, especially a biology class. So my theory was that her teacher was like, Why the hell are you getting a D? You shouldn't be getting a D. You're good at this class. Here's a project. Please do an okay job on the project, and I will give you so much extra credit that it will pull your grade up.
2: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is still f- a problem, probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that in a vacuum,
0: the sort of like, hey, we're not sure what's going on here. Let's morph this rat and see what's, you know, what, what what the problem is, is actually a pretty decent, like, way to figure out what's happening. It's like, you know, you morph into a rat and you're like, oh, I can now perceive what the rat is perceiving. I can understand with my human brain what's happening. If The only problem is that she can't report that. And also the other problem is um, terrible middle
2: school... Boys. Yeah, I think I was terrorized with the, by these exact
0: middle school boys.
1: Man, me I... too. They really get around.
0: How is it that these specific middle school boys are in every middle school? How do they do it?
1: Horrible middle school boys transcend time and space.
2: Is that wrong? Is that an ex- like is that an exaggeration at all? They solve the problem of horrible middle school boys by
0: rat pant pant rat. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, the tried and true, true technique of rat pants, Pant-rat. Pant inside of- pants no, rat rat man If pant. a
1: rat wore pants, would he wear them like this or
0: like <laughs> this? And pant-rat-broom-door-rat. Pe- um, <laughs> climb up the leg. Isn't there- didn't there used to be a Scottish sport where you would, like, put some sort weasels. of, like, wild animal in your pants weasels. and see
1: how long- I think it's weasels.
0: Uh, yes, uh, rat pant occurs, uh, Rachel and I found a safe place to demorph. then we went to her house and gave her little sister a home perm, business as usual. Uh, Such
1: a 1990s moment.
0: It's, it's kind of a goof, but it's also kind of a reflection of this sort of, like, overarching theme of these journals, which is, like, these children have to deal with experiences that are way outside of the ability of any other person to sort of assist them with emotionally.
2: My mom had a perm, but that's because she's kind of old-fashioned. Rachel and I are best friends, but we are very different people. If you just saw Rachel walking by, you'd probably think, typical airhead mall crawler. If you took a closer look, you'd start to think, no, she's actually very beautiful. Not typical at all. I'm not like other
1: girls. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it may be in a way... Yeah, I feel like maybe in a way Cassie's, probably because of outside pressures, feels like she has to justify why she's friends with Rachel. And so she's kind of not like other girls in Rachel to be like, no, it's not as weird that we're friends.
0: Marco and Jake's discussion about Batman and Spider-Man makes no sense because Batman's body armor is not, like, web repellent. <laughs> it's dumb. Anyway, okay, anyway. um, Tobias and Axe show up. Uh, Tobias and Axe have noticed that uh Yerks are logging or controllers are logging in a national forest. And How? Uh, which is well, what Cassie's question is, and it's yeah. not I don't know. Like I think that Cassie's right on the money here, and I think that the way the other Animorphs brush her off is really
1: irritating. Yeah, um, I definitely was like Because then later, when she brings it up again, they realize, oh, Cassie's got a point that this should legally not be happening and we need to figure out what has been going into the legalities of this. And I'm like, why didn't you guys realize that earlier?
0: I feel like, okay, if we're going to talk about Conspiracy Theory Corner... Mm Mm-hmm. Go on. So we know that these journals as presented to us now were tailored for a younger audience such as to be sort of like aspirational tales of these literal superheroes our savior teens who rescued us from the the terrible alien slugs you know regardless of like anyway we know that that that's the way that they're done i believe everybody else is sort of reluctant to engage with cassie's environmentalism and her very good practical questions about the sort of like why and how of the situation i believe those were played up to differentiate her character and to sort of make her stand out a little bit more in an artificial way i don't believe that this is the kind of thing that these relatively smart children would just like be like oh that's not important like this is important this is an important consideration here Mm -hmm. marco especially is pretty egregious it's it's pretty frustrating marco is kind of a dummy in this one and it's regrettable yeah
1: especially for this part
0: he does do some cool things later that i'll talk about later but like yeah it's it's frustrating
1: yeah it's like you know if you've got someone who knows a lot about environmental laws because it's relevant to like her parents' jobs and also her interests, and she says, hey, we might have a simple, like, human way to deal with this, because humans sometimes care about environmental laws, and you don't listen to her, that's a bad move.
0: So, I remember you pointing out a little while ago that it was that, that you you find it amusing when the kids try to talk as their mid-morph, which Marco does on page fourteen. Yes, he
1: does. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that again. I love Cassie's line because it sounds like such a Marcoism, but it's Cassie saying, "I mean, we're in the forest, the sun is going down, and I'm getting ready to turn into a wolf. This could be a horror movie, and how Marco, like rolls with her bit. I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. I love it yeah. when they're just like friends.
2: Agreed. They have a lot more in common than they'd like to, one of those things being Jake.
0: It's a thing where, again,
1: they're sort of like personae
0: that they output, and that they're like, oh, here is the kind of person here's the kind of teen I am (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. kind of falls apart a little bit under them just being pals and also being like, we got more important stuff to worry about, like saving the world. Like we, we got, we're just pals, you know, we're friends anyway. Uh, they, they go be wolves for a bit. It's really cool. They meet up with the others outside the logging. Go camp. be wolves. Oh, go be wolves. The logging camp is serious business. Again, I don't know where all these park rangers are getting automatic weapons. I don't know. Cause again, <laughs> they were very illegal at
1: this time. Um, They're probably all white nationalists with giant gun stocks. And especially because they talk about how they've infiltrated, like, the police force and stuff. You know who else has infiltrated the police force at this period in time? White nationalists. Mm -hmm.
2: It doesn't surprise me at all that they, like, it surprises the kids, obviously, because they don't, they feel like, I mean, they don't, their perception of police is, like, singular and simplistic, but, like, I think to many people reading this they're <laughs> they're like, Oh wow, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the police force gets taken down. And also it would be what they would want to do first. Like the Yurks would yeah. want to go for the you know, the organizations that have the most power. And we see them doing that politically, um, a couple of journals ago. And they're sort of trying to do that now.
0: It makes perfect sense. Um also, uh given the time period, we also should account for uh Y two K preppers.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Also you're right. Also going
0: to be very stockpiled. Uh, okay, so they get spotted, even though they're being real stealthy. The controllers drop a net on Marco for a hot second. They are just like they are like hyper vigilant now. The controllers <laughs> know that there is a quote unquote band of vandalites. They're like upping their hardware here. I know Actually, they have a force
2: their- field. Oh my goodness!
1: I love the juxtaposition of them the sort of two upgrades that they've got going on are the very high-tech force field and the very low-tech dropping net from tree on animal. Exactly!
0: What? Dropping net on tree from animal has worked for a really long time.
2: I mean, isn't a force field just a really, 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 really really good net?
0: Basically. Mm
1: -hmm. We've got some more great onomatopoeias. I really love the gunfire onomatopoeia that's just bam, bam, bam! in all caps, over and over again for a really <laughs> long time at the end of chapter six, or chapter five, sorry. We've also got some tseus from the Drakon beams.
2: Tsu tsu is like a huge mood, frankly. I actually specifically always referred to this journal for um, keeping away from skunks. My mother was always very scared when I would go walking around at night, and I would always say, "No, I know what to look out for in a skunk, because running <laughs> around is one, raising their tail is another, and um, with the with the tip down, and then with the tip up, is like a totally yeah. different level of warning, which is really
0: the coffee is hitting me really hard. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> recording without me, I'll be right back. Okay,
1: that was <laughs> incredibly fast. Um... We don't have any
2: skunks where I live, but we do have los benditos pocos pequeños, pequeños, Raccoons. yeah, little.
1: They're so cute.
2: Yeah. they live in the dumpster next to our house. I always yell at them to get a job.
1: <laughs> and they're digging through the garbage. They're so nicely dressed, you know, with their their little <laughs> cute little outfits, their stripy little tails. And yeah, their little I actually, masks. yeah, I grew up in Sacramento, like I've said before, and um, so I actually have this really weird association. Cassie talks at one point about um, how skunks don't smell as bad when they are like roadkill as when they actually spray someone. So I have this really funny association uh, where whenever I smell roadkill skunk specifically like a skunk that has been run over i associate that like very fondly with being home in california because so many skunks got run over like around the area in california where i lived that i mean obviously i feel very bad for the dead skunk this is not like oh i love it when skunks are dead because i think they're really cute And also an animal's worth is not predicated on its cuteness. I always just, I'm like, oh, it's just like being back in Sacramento. It also happens sometimes when I smell some like really skunky weed,
0: you know, walking around
1: our campus um, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, just like being back in California. Wait, that's not a skunk.
2: Relatedly, and I hate that this is true about me, but I have the same experience with the smell of urine, like human urine specifically, because... (laughs) When I used to work at, I used to work at a summer camp and I had to clean the latrines. That was like one of my main jobs. And I worked there for like three years. I just got really used to
1: this. (laughs) And I
2: haven't been back and it's nostalgic for me and it's really
1: gross. (laughs) Also, in related ex-Californian skunk knowledge, the tomato juice thing doesn't actually work. Sorry to shatter everyone's bubble. I actually was so like, wait, am I misremembering this that I looked it up just now? The tomato juice thing does not work.
2: Well, that's horrible. What actually does work? It
1: covers up the smell, so it is, as soon as the like, tomato juice smell is rinsed off, the skunk smell comes right back. Mm-hmm. Oh, it says uh, oxidization, so like anything that will oxidize it, like hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, if it's like a person or an animal, bleach if it's like clothing or furniture or something like that.
2: Cassie asks a really important question when they're recovering from their escapade. She asks, You know, I wouldn't want to sound like some stupid ecology nut or anything, I said sarcastically, but the question is, how did the Yerks ever get permission to start logging in a national forest? Hmm? Yeah. Hmm?
1: That's a good question.
2: Tell me, children! Tell me! People don't really take her seriously. And the less they take her more practical questions seriously, the more she panics consistently throughout the latter half of the book with, like, less tangible things and i think that's really you know it's just really frustrating i would certainly feel that way
0: Here's the then uh we cut to the mall uh Ooh, there's a whole real good bit about um, there's a whole good bit about the the sort of stealth that they have to do and the way that they have to perform just suddenly meeting each other. Also, our favorite animorph, Philip Jake's cousin from out of town, <laughs> reappears.
1: Uh, I also I don't know maybe it's just how Cassie describes this, but I if I was like a controller chilling at the mall food court or whatever would not be convinced. I probably wouldn't care and jump immediately to like oh, those are the Andalite bandits. But I would be like... This doesn't look coincidental at all. I think it was more normal back then.
0: I think, again, these being the last few years of key Kid culture, I think it was more normal for just, like, larger groups of kids to congregate in a mall. Does Axe eat all of the nachos, or does he eat the plate in addition to...? This time he did not eat the plate.
1: It is implied that he ate it last time.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. I would Even if I saw that, I would just be like, oh, they're probably just recording it for social media or whatever.
1: Well, this is a little early for that. Is it? I think so. No, what? Well, I mean, I think they had social media in the 1990s. I'm just not sure that they had the type of social media where you would- Yeah, the kids don't mention a it. challenge. It
2: also doesn't sound like they have mobile devices
0: at this point, so- Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that does kind of throw the social media thing out of the- I
2: honestly think the story of the Animorphs might be very different if they had access to mobile phones. Or people in general had access to mobile phones
1: you know like haha guys i just took this video of this dude screaming as a slug came out of his ear and someone like (laughs) killed him and it was pretty horrifying i'm gonna post it to facebook now
0: throw a couple air hordes on it
2: (laughs) oh my god also these these children can't really contact each other unless they like physically go to each other's houses
1: or use the home phone which they have to be really careful with especially if like Jake is involved since Tom could listen in.
0: Jake brings in a termite to uh, have them morph termites so that they might get under the force field, which
2: are so totally different than ants. They're so just not even related to
0: yeah. ants at all. Can you acquire the DNA of an animal that is dead? I don't no, think so. You can't. You can't? Um, well,
2: how does
1: that work?
0: I don't. Think it's still you... got the DNA in it. I don't...
2: I think the acquiring. I'm like
1: pretty sure you can't. I think the oh.
2: acquiring process just it requires the animal to be living.
1: Why
0: though? I don't know. This is probably an aspect of the technology that we just don't understand because we have uh, not advanced to that point in our technological stuff because the Andalites won't give us the tech. Um, let's see. Uh, Cassie acquires the skunk, they gather together, and they get ready to perform the operation to, uh, sort of, like, execute the plan. I just
2: want to point out that this was, in fact, Cassie again. It was Jake's idea to use termites specifically, but it was Cassie's idea to morph up an insect. I'm just like... To Cassie's ideas about morphing insects.
0: (laughs) It's Cassie's idea, and and then Jake gets info from Tobias that the building is already infested with termites, so that becomes the logical solution. You're right. Wow, interesting.
1: Especially since they had problems when they morphed ants with morphing the wrong nest of ants.
2: As we see, complications arise.
1: Yeah, as we see, now they have the opposite problem, where... They morphed exactly the correct type of termite for this area, and that's actually not good. Yeah.
0: Oh, the other thing that occurs in the chapter where Cassie acquires the skunk is that uh, Cassie's dad is like, "Oh yeah, the skunk has babies out there," um, and Cassie. That sort of like is the inciting yeah. incident for right. Yes. Um, for Cassie's whole emotional journey for this, uh, they travel in owl morph to the site. They do a little bit of thought speaking about how they're going to get in there. Axe volunteers to distract the controllers because he's an Andalite. Mm -hmm. Hey, why don't they acquire Axe?
2: Are you kidding me? That'd be so weird. That'd be so weird.
1: I think they do it at some point.
0: Why haven't they yet? I mean, if he acquires all of them, I feel like...
1: I think maybe it might be kind of a thing of like, this is 100% just a guess, but it would to me it might feel weirder to be like, I am shapeshifting into one specific person rather than like someone is shapeshifting into a mix of my friends. And I mean, Axe did morph Jake in like an emergency situation, but
2: That's true. it might
1: feel a little bit weirder to them to be like, they
2: all I am, I have
1: made a clone of my friend and I am that clone versus like my friend's temporary human form is a mix of several people and I am one of them. I don't know.
2: God, now I can't stop thinking about if I just like if my friends were exact copies of me and they got stuck as me as mothlets.
1: Ugh. Ugh. Ah. I'm sure that's happened at some point but ugh. Oh. Eey. Anyway, Axe volunteers to
0: morph, but they're like, oh no, we need you for technology the computer. for the computer stuff. So they draw straws, and Jake is the one who ends up becoming the person who does the distraction. It's a cool watershed moment where they're like, oh, our leader needs to go off and leave us to do the plan.
1: Gotta learn sometime.
0: Father Jake, why?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: They uh they morph into termites. <laughs> it does work. Their plan does work.
1: But at what cost?
0: <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I was really unclear about how far they had to travel in their termite bodies, like what the distance was from the perimeter to the cabin.
1: Yeah, I feel like they must have used up most of their time in Morph just getting there.
0: Which maybe is why they end up Uh, doing some of the things that they do at the end of that morph period, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get closer to the cabin, and as they get closer to the cabin, they start picking up what I can only assume are more pheromone trails from the main termite colony, and they kind of get a little bit mind-controlled by those pheromones.
1: They get a little lost in the sauce.
2: It's pretty scary, actually. the, The progression that they have in the dialogue of Talking completely coherently to the the line is like, Is everyone through? I asked, Yes, Rachel said. She sounded distracted to me, and she was listening to someone else and didn't want me interrupting, but that was okay because I didn't really want to talk to her either. And then Marco says, What are we? Marco's voice, he didn't finish his thought. I didn't care. It's so, it's just so scary to have like, these people are like really close friends, and like,
0: they're on some really powerful dissociatives all of a sudden. Mm -hmm.
2: And the the way that Cassie describes skiering herself as, like, an alien in her own head is so intense. And we have sort of, like, parallels to the way that, you know, yurks and, like, you know, yurks are um, described as relating to their host body's minds. And um, the way that, like, the morph normally speaks to a person, but, like, it so wholly took control this time. And maybe it was just Cassie's interpretation of this, but, like... This was like, it felt like a totally new level.
1: It's kind like, of funny in a way. It's like, um, sure, Yerks are scary, but also here are these completely homegrown organisms from Earth that in this specific circumstance do the exact same thing. I mean, and if you want to get even more, like, obvious parallels that can happen to some organisms without the presence of alien morphine technology, like Cordyceps.
0: Oh. Hey, can we uh... Why can we not talk about cordyceps? Oh,
2: I have no idea what you're talking about, and I'm going to choose to remain ignorant.
0: Yeah, don't okay. don't even don't even look it up. Uh, yeah, it's a tr- it's a traditional it's a traditional medicine in some parts of the world. Don't look them up. Uh, it's horrifying. Um, you know what else is horrifying? Cassie <laughs> kills the termite queen, and then everyone needs to demorph, and they burst out of the wall. Yeah, that's so
2: scary.
1: Imagine if they'd gotten stuck. Oh, d- I don't. I'm not want sure. To. I'm not sure why they didn't get stuck.
2: Well, I think Axe demorphs first and oh that's right, yeah he cuts open the wood with his tail right before chapter 13 actually <laughs> just to sort of just to sort of break up the tension naturally and like go along with the um this fun experience that we're all having um well there's supposed to be a postcard inside and on my copy, (gasps) someone has already removed it, and it certainly wasn't me, so.
1: You've been cheated.
2: (laughs) Imagine going from like, I raced along the tunnels lined with digested wood pulp, tunnels cut through the dried wood that supported the building. Here's your postcard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, cool. And then, no, 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 let me go. (laughs) I went to do it, I had to go to it. Ah, suddenly I was Cassie again, but it no longer mattered. Wow, okay, cool. At least I have this postcard.
0: I'll bet the postcard is not of them bursting out of the wall in half-turbite form. (laughs) I wish I knew what it was, the postcard
1: is probably, like, the same as the cover art or something. Which is cool. I just, one thing that always, like, weirded me out about the cover art for this specific journal is that I always think of this as the skunk book. So it's like, why why is it a wolf morph on the cover? This is the skunk book.
2: We kind of glossed over it, but she goes into the details of what it's like being a wolf. I think this is one of the really, you know, one of the first really good looks we get at you know, the senses of being a wolf in its natural habitat. And she goes over how powerful that feeling is, especially when she's an owl or a wolf, mm-hmm. how powerful it is to just be 100% in your element.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, wolves are just more marketable at the end of the I day. I know.
1: I know. But, like, this is the skunk book, though.
0: It is the skunk book.
1: You know, the um, the stonks meme, I keep picturing, like, Axe, as the stonks dude but instead of <laughs> stonks it's like code or something like that and he's in front of like one of those you know black screens with all the computer code that's like really retro
2: computers
1: <laughs> computers thank you
0: if an Edelite wore hacker sunglasses would it wear them like this or like this <laughs> oh no, no i am actually
1: no joke not even kidding Um, seen a really hilarious drawing of an andalite wearing like a trucker cap that says my eyes are up here with an arrow Ah! pointing up
0: (laughs) that's great that's very good (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing Uh, Axe has a line Dapsun, it's a Yurkish word that means well, never mind what it means, it's not polite
1: Axe is correct in saying that it is a very dirty word
0: Axe does his incredible hacking skills and learns that the controller's sort of front company that is doing this logging is doing it provisionally and that they need the approval of a guy from the forestry commission, presumably, uh, by the last name of Farrand in order to proceed with their plan. <laughs> and so this gives them the sort of information that they were hoping to get from this little sorty. And then they leave with relative ease. Suspicious ease.
1: Yeah. Especially compared to the next time. Agreed, here, yeah. By dumb
0: luck, we raced between the paths of two controllers. No one yelled, no one fired a shot. Did they maybe just kill people in order to leave?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is, is is it possible that murder was involved here? Silent, stealthy, I, murder. I would
1: not be surprised. And
0: a little bit of just, little bit of light murder.
2: Like Marco's light murder from a few journals. Account. So
0: just light murder. They crash out at cassie's
2: house i do and she's not feeling great she goes right the heck to sleep or no sorry Uh, rachel goes right the heck to sleep and cassie stays up and has panic attacks and nightmares
0: sort of ethical dilemmas that keep her awake uh and recognizing that uh nature is brutal Nature is a a, a cycle of uh, preying upon and being preyed upon.
1: Also sounds like my middle school experience.
0: She thinks more about the skunk kits and I, I think kind of resolves to do something about that because uh, she doesn't want the cute guys to
1: die. Which I think really plays into something that has always personally bugged me, which is like... The emphasis on conservation of cute species often at the expense of conservation of like uncute species, and it's something that bothers me because it bothers me about myself.
0: It's a biochemical apparatus in the human brain that's like, oh, little, uh, little face, big eyes, fuzzy, cute, must protect.
1: I mean, like to be fair, I think we should all be better than our biological biochemical processes. Uh,
0: it's part of the sort of. It's a thing that could be relied upon in terms of human instinct because it's kind of the the lowest common denominator that we all yeah. have access to or that impacts all of us. So it makes sense that that's what ends up guiding where conservation dollars go. But it is very frustrating. Cassie gets up uh, the next day. I think pretty late. Uh, oh yeah, she wakes up. Rachel. And Rachel's like, or uh, Cassie's like, you gotta go. Like you've got stuff to do. Cassie finds herself home alone. Again, the sort of end end stage latchkey kid goes out to the woods and talks to Tobias, and is like, "Hey, the babies." Mm-hmm. And Tobias is like, "Uh, right, those. I know
2: exactly where they are." Yeah, actually, he's yeah. not awkward about it at all. I would say I think his reaction is really interesting and speaks to his different philosophy.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, like, really um, mature and, like, self-confident in a way. Mm-hmm. Because I especially feel like Tobias of just a few journals ago probably would have been much more self-loathing and apologetic about, yes, I ate the cute baby skunk. And again, like, I think this plays into is Cassie mad at Tobias for every single animal that he eats? Probably not. Is she mad if he eats, like, a grasshopper or something. I don't know what red-tailed hawks actually eat. Um, probably mostly, not. But Mostly because it's cute, like the cute Yeah, but because it's the cute baby skunk, now it's a problem.
0: Yeah, it's... um.
1: It's like, Cassie, yeah. it's either got to all be a problem or not be a problem. You need to pick one.
2: And she definitely doesn't completely take herself out of the equation with that. She considers her own fallibility, but mostly in this situation, she's just, from her perspective, unreasonably angry at...
1: Yeah, bias. I do think that she also handles it very maturely, though. I don't want to dunk on Cassie in an undeserved way. She's like, she's mad and she's kind of like a little cranky and passive aggressive at first, but I think that she does, over the course of this journal, really adapt much better to this situation. And I think she does handle it with a lot of grace and maturity ultimately.
2: As far as yeah, as far as one can when they're like twelve and a child soldier. <laughs>
1: She, yeah, She
0: uh, flies an osprey morph To the skunk den She bids goodbye To Tobias She gives the babies a snack She morphs the mama skunk And then she
1: takes a nap
2: <laughs> Wise to do if you're ever in a morph
1: Yeah This really gave me a lot of Suicidal ideation vibes in a way Yeah I get that Like sort of the like Very passive but still there Of like well it's I'm not necessarily trying to get stuck, but it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think that's actually what she was thinking, but it kind of feels like that was sort of her unconscious thought process in a way.
0: Um,
2: maybe it was kind of self-destructive.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I meant was sort of like passively self-destructive. Tobias is like, um...
0: Oh you're becoming rather emotionally attached to these skunks and then goes and tells the rest of the squad and the rest of the squad shows up would and you, like
1: good job Tobias getting you know back up from your friends to help a friend who is going through some emotional struggles and who is Jake
2: has a pretty good reaction to her as well wow I'm so hungry I want onion rings. onions oh,
0: my
1: God. you just want plain I, onions <laughs> I would
0: murder some onion rings right now
1: Oh onion rings. I just heard it. I just want onions. Jake does like yell at her a little bit.
0: I think that's reasonable. Is, I think she
1: needs. Yeah. I think it's understandable. I think it, this is a good opportunity to yell at your friend.
0: I think he's doing uh, he's doing it in a way that to me seems proportional and warranted, which is not something I will often say about a man yelling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but in this case it's it's more like a concerned friend and child soldier war leader yelling.
0: Exactly. He's doing it from a sure perspective. He's doing it from a perspective of you almost did something that would have... Endangered your life. Like, yeah, radically altered the rest of your life and made you less able to do things that are important to you and also would have impacted our relationship forever. And that was scary to me. I mean, when he says, are you out of your mind? What's the matter with you? That may be, like, not great, but, like... Yeah. I, I-, I do think... She is a little out of her mind. There is
1: something wrong with her.
0: Right, but that's... You don't you don't say that, though, if you're trying to...
1: Yeah, I mean, like we talked about a long time ago with Rachel, like, not being the best at comforting Tobias. They're kids, not licensed therapists. They can't get it right yeah. every time. But he does yeah. do
0: a good job overall,
1: yeah. I think.
0: I
2: think in the end, but definitely recognizing how they can be reflections, or not, of healthy, coping mechanisms.
0: And he, uh... And he sort of bookends it with, uh, I know you had a real bad experience last night. I've been there. I've had the nightmares. I know what's going on in your head right now. He kind of comes back to a point of empathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: Thanks,
2: Jake, I said. And sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll be okay now, I think. He smiled as slow as someone else. I'll be okay too, Cassie, as long as you're
0: around. Cassie has a we are the virus moment. Um... <laughs> Uh, Maybe it's our our turn to lose. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I got complicated feelings about that topic. Um, Cassie's
2: an (laughs) eco-fascist.
1: Cassie's not an (laughs) eco-fascist. I mean, I'm not sure she believes it necessarily. I think maybe Cassie kind of reads like she has some tendencies towards, like, depression Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to me. And this kind of her tendency to be like oh, maybe it's all hopeless and we shouldn't be doing this because who are we, you know, blah, 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 Mm. kind of just reads to me like depression sometimes. Not to, like, armchair-diagnose historical figures, but...
0: It's coming from a place of she hasn't figured out how she feels about, like, what, what, what role the natural order plays in her understanding of the universe as an ethical system. Jake says some cute stuff right at the end, um
2: joey johnny marky and cj the ramones
0: <laughs> i i was gonna say marco makes some goofs but then uh you you just jumped ahead right to the, I maybe, made the goofs. maybe the greatest set of goofs that marco ever makes which is naming the skunks after the ramones yes. That's so funny. no one uses fax machines
1: but call you'll hear the noise statues left by
0: Axe busts out some cool World Almanac facts.
1: <laughs> I love Axe's um, World Almanac Fact Corner. <laughs> it's my favorite part of all of the journals.
2: I love the onomatopoeia for Homer, which is ROWER.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have never heard a dog make a noise that I would onomatopoeiaify as ROWER.
0: I have, definitely. <laughs>
1: No, it
2: makes so much sense to me. And then we then we also have the gem of row Rowr, rowr.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and rear. rear, rear. <laughs> yeah, that sure is an attempt to render a dog whining. Um...
1: You could just say Homer whined, Cassie. You didn't need to write Raw Rear Rear. <laughs> 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 like, I think the vast majority of people know what a dog whining sounds like. Dogs are very much not extinct. Many people care a lot about preserving the lives of dogs. Most people have been around dogs. Yeah, she yeah. decides
2: just decided to, like, split it evenly down the middle and go, rear, 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 Homer whined pitifully. You can just say <laughs> w- Homer whined pitifully.
0: If dogs can vote, then they should certainly be allowed to have dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, true. this she dog want has dialogue. To Access another good moment. I believe the smell is causing me to become deranged.
1: Yes! I may this have is to my... run
0: away in panic. This is the best <laughs> moment of That's, hall, that's like.
1: the best part. <laughs> the best part in the whole series of journals. I believe I may... the smell is causing me to become deranged. Let I may do. have to run
0: away in panic. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God. Uh I definitely I I love that part.
2: Yeah. <sighs> um. Uh
0: and then suddenly things become a mission impossible movie because it turns out that uh Farand the last critical vote for the year clogging operation is arriving
1: at the site in an hour.
2: Yeah, they really speed up the clock here.
0: But they got to get moving. It's it's oh, it's
1: go time. Ding 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 is that the mission impossible theme you you nailed it you got it awesome thank Um, you i think i've only seen one of those movies and i didn't like it
0: the third one has philip seymour hoffman in it it's really good oh we uh uh cassie cassie gets some more information for her sort of like ethical quandary about the place of the predator prey relationship in her whole ethical system by talking to tobias and the fact that he doesn't strictly speaking need to hunt which is a, a thing that we all went over in like the last journal that he narrated and uh yeah so she gets a little bit of his perspective right there which i think is really valuable for her um
2: yeah i mean that really that really does just speak to cassie's own value system as to why she chooses to make such a fuss about this as opposed to other other predators and like other prey predator systems and like like biomes like you know she's not entirely being critical of herself
0: i am realizing that i skipped ahead a little bit because i have a marco's masculinity corner oh go for it and his name is john c (laughs) i think that marco performs some really positive healthy masculinity in this book
1: Mm -hmm. go off where
0: is it where is it (laughs) <laughs> Marco finds himself in a situation where he is, like, a little bit conscripted into taking care of a vulnerable set of creatures. And oh, yeah. he takes on that mantle with enthusiasm, and he does a great job of it. He's, like, he he gives them, like, he, he gives them names. Uh, he takes it seriously. He protects these small critters that, like, this wasn't necessarily, like something that he initially signed up for, but when he realizes that it's what the group is getting in on and that it's like an opportunity for him to take on some responsibility and flex that sort of like aspect of himself that can get things done, he goes for it.
1: This kind of reminds me of all of those stories you see on the internet where like um, someone, a family member, usually a dad in the family is like, oh, I don't want to get a dog or a cat I'll never want to have a dog or a cat I don't like animals I don't like pets and then the family gets a dog or a cat and that dog or cat immediately becomes dad's pet and yes has like a special (laughs) bond with the dad and I always love those I think they're so cute
0: this is how my mother was with my bearded dragon when I was younger. Um I forgot that you had she a just suddenly with became dragon. a lizard mom. But yeah, I think the Marco performs a really like positive, like nurturing, protective, uh good good animal dad masculinity here. I think I think it's it's pretty cool to see that aspect good of da- it. Good um, dad good animal.
2: His models of that are definitely I think positive, um yeah. personally, if not at least, you know,
0: culturally. Yeah. He uh he he really steps up to the plate here. Save the skunks, sir sister. He like He's doing it for jokes initially and he's doing it a little bit initially to disparage Cassie but he leans into it. He's like, you know what? No, yeah. this is what we're doing. He
1: just he just gets in gets way too into the bit. He gets he, he... it's one of those things it's one of those things where it's like you start liking something ironically and then you stop liking it ironically and just like it sincerely. Yeah, it's a slippery
0: slope. It's really cool to see. I don't know. I really like Marco's sort of like emotional journey towards acceptance at yeah. like skunk fatherhood. Uh, in this book. I think it's really rad.
1: And we already know that he has some kind of caretaking, nurturing aspects of his personality from the time when he had to take care of his dad. So I I also think it's nice to see him associating that with something very positive and having like a positive experience because it was such a complicated experience to have to be the caregiver for his dad in a lot of ways. Yeah,
2: there's an argument that those aren't exactly parallel, but I definitely understand what you mean. And Marco can definitely have an abrasive side. And so to be able to see the other side of him is like, (laughs) nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, this concludes
1: my angle of Marco's masculinity corner. Good masculinity corner. Good talk, uh, team.
2: I want to count how many chapters in all the Animorphs journals start with the word Visser 3. Because I feel like <laughs> a lot of them do. Because the V looks really specific in the text that they
0: use. It's where um, it's where his theme song would be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, well, What's Visser Three's theme song?
2: What is Visser 3? Th- I'm sure someone has already figured this out.
0: I think it's like a cross between the soundtracks of Inception and just the Imperial March.
1: The thing about, we were talking about this like a couple discussions ago or something. The thing about Visor 3 is that he's terrifying to the Animorphs, but once... They get more exposed to like the year hierarchy even more so than they have been already. It's like Visor Three is actually just kind of an ineff- ineffective blowhard.
0: Honestly, you're entirely correct about this. Um, I feel like the narrative. If you if you look at these in if you look at the these journals as like if you if you would if you analyze them from the perspective of like narrative arcs if you try to map them to a narrative arc i feel like the narrative arc is like bad things are happening the animorphs resolve to do something about it their plan goes wrong everything seems awful and hopeless and terrifying and then this or three makes some sort of cartoonish blunder that like lets them escape <laughs> like every time um yes. you're entirely correct about this uh yeah he's he's not He's not actually as scary and evil as uh, he would like to think that he is. Um, He's
1: an ineffective cartoon villain with a much more effective boss.
0: Anyway, so yes, Cassie muses further upon her killing of the termite queen and like what the moral weight of that action is relative to like Tobias eating some skunk kits to like her just like doing stuff but uh they she's sort of like cut away from that moment she's sort of like prevented from musing on that too far because ferrand arrives at mission impossible the yeah because ferrand arrives at the site of the the logging operation and he is obviously upset bad things go ferrand he's just like uh you can't log in a national forest what is going on with you do you have some sort of brain parasite or something that would make you do this
1: <laughs> And they're like well actually
0: well actually viscer three's cartoonish blunder here is that like theoretically probably with the resources at his disposal could have talked ferrand into a corner long enough to make him a controller but instead he loses his temper and slaps him across the
1: face I know, that yeah, he's like, uh, jumping the gun. He also is, like, did he really have to go ahead with the logging? He's jumping the gun. He could just wait, you know.
2: Visor three is not one for waiting.
0: No, yeah. it's really not. Uh, but neither are the animorphs uh, because uh, Cassie's just like, oh, I'm going for him. It's just kind of just like attacks. <laughs> Visor three and his human morph, and then that's the signal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Rachel um, is a bad
1: influence.
0: <laughs> Rachel is a bad influence, and we love her for it.
1: Yeah, um, Rachel is a bad influence, but often in a good way.
0: Yeah, uh, Jake does some cool tiger shenanigans. Rachel and Marco are sabotaging some machine operators. Just pour sugar in the gas tank. Yeah, pour some sugar in the gas tank there. Um, mm. uh, Cassie gets shot in the wing.
2: And crashes and gets captured.
0: Uh, yeah, she hits the ground like a brick. Um, like a chicken. <laughs> like, a, like a dead chicken um yeah uh and uh she gets locked up in a box with ferrand uh and it's another one of these oh boy everything's bad maybe viscer three will make a cartoonish blunder that will allow us to (laughs) get out of here alive but right now it's looking pretty grim um she pulls a gambit where and tells viscer three in thought speak that she will Kill Ferrand and ruin his plans. Which ends up being pretty clever. Visser 3's next command to his troops is, Everyone in this room, weapons in the box, be prepared on my command to shoot the light without hitting the human. They're in a cage together. His, um... His people with guns have been clearly demonstrated to not be very good shots. This is a very bad, terrible plan. Um... But fortunately, uh, it's not necessary for more gunshots to happen because uh, Cassie morphs a skunk and opens fire herself.
1: (laughs) As it were. It's
2: open season on Viscer 3, and shot in the face with skunk is... Viscer
1: 3. Shot in the face and you're to blame. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You give skunks a bad name.
0: (laughs) I don't even... I don't um anyway uh play my party yeah you playing your game you give skunks a oh alex name. axe
2: actually has a better line right at the end here
0: oh Is at it... the end of chapter 23
2: yes you do realize that one day i will have you all mr three said with all your clever tricks i will still find you no i do not think so axe said we are sure to smell you coming <laughs>
1: it's so very good <laughs> <laughs> knowing Axe, that was probably 100% literal and meant serious. Yeah, movie. absolutely.
0: This <laughs> <laughs> very Which funny, is though. Which is just
1: even better. Like, I do think that sometimes Axe kind of leans into his natural straight man tendencies. Mm-hmm. Straight comedy man. I am making no assumptions about Axe's gender Axe Billy Eskeruth,
0: his seal is a straight heterosexual male, as has been previously established in the other journals.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I think, because I do this too, as someone who can sometimes be very literal, as I and also who, like, misses a lot of references as I sometimes do play it up for comedic effect. Um, I have an on Going bit with my Dungeons and Dragons group where I pretend not to know what the Simpsons is and they keep <laughs> falling for it. That's so good.
2: I love That's, that. Oh um, I
1: love that. I think they're finally starting to catch on. So I think he leans into it but also I would not be surprised if that was completely serious.
0: Yeah Axe's whole interaction with Visor 3 is really good. Uh, Axe is like I wonder how your bladeship will smell after you spread your newly acquired stench through it. Visser 3 <laughs> says the smell. It will go away. Like, I can't think of a serious enough, like, gravelly enough way to sort of deliver that line that it doesn't sound just ridiculous and pathetic. He threatens to, like, a, like one of his controller buddies is like, uh, Visser, actually, I think, and then, like, Visser 3, like, threatens to murder him. <laughs> I know. If only it's... he listened to his underlings a little bit more. God, he's not smart. He's very dramatic, <laughs> but he's not smart. Anyway.
1: I mean, you know, sometimes, wait, okay, serious question does is viscer 3 gay because like oh my gosh as a gay i definitely am stupid and melodramatic sometimes
0: i feel like i feel like this is a situation where it's like is he gay or is he an anime villain or both
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i was
2: gonna say you know who else is stupid and melodramatic men you
1: (laughs) men just like but i don't know i feel like he's stupid and melodramatic more in a gay way than in a like stereotypical dude way and i 100 percent admit this is partially because like years of conditioning by media has taught me to associate like gayness with villainy but also i do love a gay villain but also this is like a real person so it's a little weird anyway
0: Uh, a real person who was a dumb bad person who did bad Things. My theory is
2: Aloran is gay, but- Visser
0: 3 isn't. No.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, Visser 3, am a straight heterosexual male.
2: <laughs> In the host body of a gay Andalite twink.
0: <laughs> you can't- you can't call Aloran a twink. That's not- No, he's not. I think
1: Aluren is a twunk. You
0: can't call- you can't do that! <laughs> Illegal! He's a prisoner of war in his own body, that's illegal.
1: A Lauren Cemetery Chorus is a twang. You can't You
0: can't.
1: Elfangor. We can't. That's
0: not we can't. Okay. Um God. Okay. Uh They uh they they resolve they resolve the skunk plot, um the they punk plot. Visser 3 real hard. They by punk
1: 3. They
0: punk Fizzer 3 real hard by telling him that it's grape juice that he <laughs> needs to be soaking in.
1: And like I said, tomato juice, which is what it's meant to be, doesn't actually even work. It's
0: such a it's such a Scooby Doo moment where it's like, "Um, wow, we're going <laughs> to Tell him the wrong bit of information, and he's gonna curse us, darn kids. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? If that's not a moment that tips off Visor three that he's being played by a bunch of teens? I don't know <laughs> what is.
1: <laughs> right? Like, because I feel like an a, a group of like adult m- moderately dignified andalites, at least who think they're dignified would not have pulled that prank.
0: Imagine the controller. Imagine the human who's, like, despairing at the yurk, who's got all of their bank account information, and who's withdrawing (laughs) thousands of dollars so that they can ship two truckloads of grape juice to this (laughs) blogging site.
1: And the human is just sitting there like, oh my god, okay, I know you're super evil and you took over my brain and you're going to destroy the world, but this is my body. And I am trying to tell you, it's (laughs) not grape juice. It's not grape juice. So just to keep track... Can you hear me, please? It's not (laughs) grape
2: juice. Just to keep track of what the Animorphs have done to Visser 3 so far, they have poisoned him with rattler snake venom, they have sprayed him in the face with skunk smell, skunk musk, and they have made him bathe in grape juice in the middle of the forest.
0: (laughs) He has to know by now that he's being played by a bunch of teens. He has to know. I mean, (laughs) I think he's just dumb. (laughs) (laughs) this is so frustrating um
1: (laughs) i mean like you know to put it in context we are all very lucky that the invasion of earth was assigned to a complete and utter incompetent anime villain but also it is just frustrating to be like please please catch on i mean please don't catch on but please also please catch on
2: Mm -hmm. he's easy to hate
1: (laughs) I know, I definitely sometimes, like in fiction, just feel bad for incompetent villains because I'm just like, I know you're the bad guy, but I just feel so bad for you that the heroes keep winning because you're trying so hard and you're so stupid. I yeah. Don't,
0: I... I do not feel that way about Viser three. He deserves everything. Yeah. Well, that this happens is he's.
1: It's different with like a historical figure, but with like fictional yeah. villains, I'm just. I feel so bad for like fictional villains who just can't ever get anything right.
2: With some of them, yeah. so let's wrap it up
0: yeah cassie
1: uh sort of like
0: comes to a a a sort of temporary resolution on her sort of ethical quandary and marco is the last one to say goodbye to the skunks Mm.
1: redemption arc
2: completed
0: just just doing (laughs) marco's masculinity
1: redemption Redemption arc marco's masculinity (laughs) redemption
0: Okay. Alright. Uh and that and that concludes it. That's the end of our That's the end of volume nine of the That's the end stories. of our lives. That's the end of the secret. <laughs> um Oh boy, next time we're doing volume ten. Let's um, let's choose
2: a lighter one next time.
0: Hmm? Yeah, we can. not um, We're going in
1: order. Oh
0: hey. Um one thing I read. Uh, in this book that I did not understand. What happened to Cassie's dad's truck? So there are some extra,
1: really weird uh, journals that the oh, professor yeah. did not assign for us to read. Wait, there's the like, There's Animorphs by, Apocrypha?
2: It gets yes.
0: eaten by an alien tornado. I, w- I want the Animorphs Apocrypha! We should be reading those! He
1: Well, he did give us the files. Um, the files are on the class website, but we... Are not like officially assigned them. It's okay. like an extra credit thing.
0: Well, maybe some day, some week when I don't have a bunch of extra work. Uh, yeah, we should read those because that sounds awesome. I want to hear about an exploding truck.
1: They are highly debated by scholars.
0: They're entertaining. Some of
1: them are just too weird. Oh
0: man, I want to know about the publication history of that stuff now. Uh, anyway, fiction. Anyway, uh, next as, week is is the android. journal number ten, the are, android, we doing where up.
1: we meet. Don't spoil it. Okay,
2: we meet eric
1: yes eric eric, eric. not okay. to be confused with david
0: shut it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> who these people okay um all right cool thanks everybody um this was fun uh, and i'll talk to you next week if not sooner i want grief okay
1: yeah <laughs> definitely bye everyone stay, stay safe. safe stay safe everybody bye See. in the saddle like a
0: comic book Thanks to Noelle McCorelli for the use of their song Comic Book Girl off the album Field Notes from Another Place and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of Noelle's music at noelmcorelli.bandcamp.com or find a link in the show notes. The Morph Report podcast is hosted by Hamlet Cooper, Scrivener Lamb, Marina Malucci, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at MorphReport. If you have a question for the Potomorphs, email us and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is TheMorphReport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe.
1: Stop an Armageddon like a comic book girl. Dead on page 11 like a comic book.